Beliefs are the blueprint of your house. In this episode, I'm talking about how beliefs are the foundation of your life experience, including your relationship with your intuition. Beliefs are so foundational to the way that you are creating your reality experience. The terms positive and negative are terms that I am steering away from. They are terms of judgment. We hear them in the personal development arena all the time. Things like positive vibes only or I need to get away from those people, they're so negative, or protect myself from their negative energy. Positive and negative are actually structures of energy, but in order to move away from the way we feel about the words positive and negative. In the book, I use constricting and expanding. Constricting is another word for what we call a negative belief. Expanding is what I'm calling a positive belief. Beliefs have actual structures. And as you flow your non-physical consciousness through your physical lens, that energy that's all that you are goes through these different structures. We do that so that we can orient ourselves in our reality. Beliefs are self-replicating. That's why it feels so hard to get rid of what you consider to be a negative belief. It's self-replicating by nature. That's what it's supposed to do because that gives us a point of orientation in this time-space reality. When I say time-space reality, I mean a reality that's structured around these two concepts, these two ideas. There's time and there's space. Time is past, present, future, Space is location. We're actually a multi-dimensional reality, multi-dimensional beings living in a multi-dimensional reality. We have length, width, height, time, space. We have all of these different perspectives through which we construct this earthly experience. So beliefs have structure. They have a constricting structure or an expanding structure. Expansive beliefs are inclusive, they're abundance-based, they are loving, they are integrative. Constricting beliefs are disintegrative, they are separative, they are exclusive. So when you feel despondent and alone, you are flowing energy through a constricting belief. When you feel loved, when you feel connected, when you feel abundant and safe, you are flowing energy through a belief that you have that is expanding in its nature. So every belief that we have is serving us in some way, even the negative ones. But we'll get to that in a moment. For now, let's just look at how beliefs that we hold can seem logical. When they're active, they seem very logical to us. When they're inactive, they seem illogical. In Salem, Virginia, in 1692, 
it was logical that if a woman had knowledge of the healing arts, she was a witch. It served the people of this time to hold on to this belief because it kept the rules of the society at that time intact. Women were valued way less than men. Today, that belief is illogical because we understand more about the infinite nature of consciousness, the vibrational coherence of this reality, and the mechanics of what's considered this time-space reality. We fundamentally understand, we have an active belief that women are not less than men because of their gender. We understand that all people are created equal no matter their gender identity. So it's illogical that your neighbors would be trying to burn you at the stake because they thought you were a witch. You know, there are things that happen in this reality that are based on what appears to be logical or illogical for the person. So witchcraft as an active negative belief offered the opportunity for that society at the time to explore this thing called contrast. Contrast is also referred to as problems or challenges. Contrast introduces a new way of thinking as more and more people realize how unethical and brutal it was as a practice to burn humans at the stake. We all go through the process of examining active beliefs so that we can shift and change them. And oftentimes contrast brings us to a point of examination where we decide we want to let go of an active belief in favor of something else. As you examine your relationship with your intuition, you are going to dive into the realm of the negative belief you have about yourself in regards to this topic. One of the reasons you're listening to this podcast or you're reading the book is because you have an active belief that says, I don't know what intuition is, or I'm not always connected to my intuition, or intuition isn't available on Sundays. Whatever your belief is, is how you're experiencing it. But what you'd like is to have some other kind of active belief, right? The active belief that says, I understand fully when my intuition is coming through. I'm excited to expand my awareness as I move through this time-space reality and know more tomorrow than I did today about myself and my relationship with intuition. So you need to think about what seems logical to you and what seems illogical to you. Does it seem logical that if you are interested in exploring channeling and mediumship that you could create this experience for yourself? If it seems illogical, it's because you have an, an active belief that you can't create that experience for yourself. Maybe you're a business owner and you happen to live in an area of the country where intuition is still a spooky word. So you have an active belief that says, I can't share this aspect of myself with other people as a business owner because they're going to think I'm crazy. So that could potentially be what's blocking your ability to realize the 100% of intuition that's coming through because your active belief is, I can't share this aspect with others because they're going to think I'm wonky. 
So get in touch with the kinds of ideas that feel logical and illogical and ask yourself why they feel logical or illogical. Catholicism is a great example of the concept of guilt and how it appears logical to those who are Catholic to keep this experience active. So this is a great example of logical and illogical. If you belong to the Catholic Church, you have been encouraged to feel guilty about anything and everything as a way to, I'm imagining I'm not Catholic, but profess your faith to Catholicism, to help others realize what a bad person and a sinner that you are so that you can then go to the Catholic Church and they can absolve you of your sins. You know, one of the beliefs that I have experienced uh, just by witnessing people who are Catholic is that there's a lot of guilt in Catholicism. It's, built, it's a built-in belief that if you are a good Catholic, you will go to church and someone else will absolve you of your sins. That doesn't seem logical to me because it's not an active belief for me. It's not an active belief anymore that I should carry around this concept of flowing energy through the structure of what we call guilt, which keeps me out of alignment with my inner being, which keeps me out of alignment with the love-based aspect of who I really am. It doesn't benefit me any longer to flow energy through that structure. At one point it did. Now I didn't look at it through the lens of Catholicism. I looked at it through the lens of I'm not enough. So I felt guilt and I kept guilt active longer than I should have because I was flowing it through the belief structure that said I'm not enough. It matched the consistency it matched the shape of this idea of guilt. So I kept it active because it served me. It made, I had a belief that, you know, if you feel guilty, you're a better person. You're a more loving person. So keeping guilt alive infused that belief. You know, the belief benefited me because it kept that structure alive within me. So we don't keep any beliefs active that don't serve us in some way. So in some regard, I thought it was keeping myself safe, right? Those negative beliefs that we keep active, we typically keep them active because we're scared of what we do if we don't keep them active. If I don't feel guilty, am I still a good Catholic? Is God going to love me? Am I going to go to heaven? If I don't feel guilty, does that make me immoral? Does that make me a bad person? Does that make me someone who doesn't understand the connection between actions and consequences? Or does feeling the initial rush of guilt, knowing that it tells me I'm out of alignment with my love-based self, and then taking the time to shift from that energy back into alignment and then take inspired action from there. That's more beneficial in my mindset now. That's the belief that I have, that it's better to recognize the initial rush of energy, acknowledge it, ask it what it wants me to know about myself so that I can change that belief or I can change that action or I can change that pattern. So what is keeping you from shifting your active belief in disconnection or having a spotty connection with your intuition or not being intuitive at all? You know, what is the belief? What would I need to believe is true about myself in relationship to intuition to feel this way? You know, what is the negative belief 
that you're keeping active because it serves you in some way. In regards to intuition, my belief that I couldn't access intuition more fluidly in regards to channeling and mediumship because that was my passion. The belief that I kept active was, I'm gonna look like a weirdo in the eyes of my family. So that belief being active served me so that I could perceivably keep myself safe. I wasn't keeping myself safe, but that's the perception, right? Because safe meaning don't go towards something that's scary, don't go towards something that might get others mad at you, that was the belief that I was flowing energy through, and that's the way it was serving me. Every belief, positive or negative, serves us in some capacity. It appears logical. To me, it appeared logical because my dad would say things to me like, oh, don't think too hard about that, right? That's not actually the way it works. That's woo-woo. I'm a scientist. That's woo-woo. Not having your parent love you because of your beliefs is a scary thing. So I kept the belief active that I can't access my mediumship capabilities, my intuitive capabilities, my channeling capabilities, because I don't want to disappoint dad. Once my dad passed away a year ago, that changed because now I have a connection with him in his non-physical form. And so it took a couple months, but that belief dispelled itself. And now we talk all the time. As I'm talking about it, it makes me think of our belief about connection with our transitioned loved ones or soul teams or spirit guides. Oftentimes, we have an active belief that when someone transitions or dies, is what we call it in physical, right? They die. We have an active belief that says they are lost to us, that we can no longer connect and have conversations with them. So what happens is as they are connecting with us and we are processing their energy, we process it through the structure of what we call grief because that's the way we're thinking about them. We're thinking about them as lost. So as they connect with us, when we feel that rush of, of guilt or disconnection or grief, that is because that's them communing with us. And the only way we have to process their connection is through the structure of that belief of grief. Or maybe it's guilt or maybe it's anger or whatever it is you're processing, um, you know, the pattern of processing that exists for you in relationship to that person who has transitioned. So because our active belief is we cannot access them until we ourselves transition, we have to process their communication through our active beliefs. So if you've had someone who've, who's transitioned, or maybe it's a pet that has transitioned, and you would like to connect with them, you want a more intuitive, spiritual, you know, uh, communicative relationship with them in their non-physical form, invite in the awareness of when you do think about them and feel grief or anger or whatever the emotion that you feel is in connection with the thought regarding them. And notice that that is most likely them and you processing them through the structure of the belief that you hold active in regards to them in their non-physical form. 
acknowledge that that could possibly be what's happening. For me, that's what's happening. I, in writing this book, have had more communications in so many different ways that I never even thought about in regards to my dad. My dad is helping me write this book in his non-physical form because I am open to the ways in which I can be guided intuitively through an idea, through a sensation, through a gut feeling, through a thought that I noticed skirting through my head. I've even looked at his picture that sits next to my desk and there's an accentuation of the colors and a tingling that goes through my skin, even now as I'm saying this, that is my acknowledgement of my intuitive connection with my dad in his transition state. It becomes the methodology of communication the more you recognize it. It's the symbolism that you're looking for, that you trust, that you decipher. Connection with the non-physical loved ones that we have is an exploration of linguistics, is an exploration of symbolism. You know, you have to create your own dictionary, in a sense, of ways in which intuition is guiding you to create the kinds of experiences that you want. And if that's an experience with one who's transitioned, begin to build your library, your symbolism, your way of knowing and trusting that that is, in fact, them communing with you. So what is your belief about yourself? You know, what is your active belief? If it's I'm not intuitive, it will appear logical that you do not decipher the communications from your higher self, from your soul teams, from your spirit guides, from your transitioned loved ones. If you believe yourself to be intuitive, it will appear illogical that you don't get more signs. So the perception of what's happening is all up to you, right? And you can know what you believe to be true because it's logical or illogical. Think about witchcraft. Think about Catholicism. If you're a parent and you believe that spanking your children is a logical, acceptable means of, of punishment, it will seem illogical that you don't spank them and vice versa. If you believe yourself to be a gifted musician, it will seem illogical that you don't have multiple ways of distributing your musical genius. If you believe yourself to be a so-so musician, it will appear logical that you don't have these outlets. What's interesting about beliefs is we've gotten all caught up in the thoughts that we're aware of in our head. Thinking about your thoughts is not necessarily being able to identify an active, pulsating structure of a belief. You can think thoughts that are in opposition to your active belief. You can think, I'm excited, when you're actually anxious. You can think, I should be happy, or I am happy. You can have those thoughts, I am happy, but that doesn't mean you're happy. You know, what your active belief is will be revealed to you in two ways. 
the most dominant one, the most real-time accurate one is how you feel in that moment. Your emotions indicate your vibration looking through your physical lens. The second is what shows up. So if you start having more intuitive awarenesses, more trust that, yes, that signal means that to me when I see that, then you can rest assured that your belief about yourself in regards to intuition is changing because you are realizing, you, be, you become aware of, you recognize more of the ways in which intuition is coming through to you. That awareness is an indication of a shifting belief. Beliefs shift little by little by little. It has to be the next logical step for it to manifest. Let's say you are brand new to intuition and you wake up tomorrow as a fully functioning intuitive. The only way that could happen is if it was the next logical step for you. You would have already had to have been moving along the path to that outcome for that to happen. Nothing happens that isn't the next logical step in the expansion of our energy and our awareness. You don't need to be worried that something is going to happen that overwhelms you because you create your own reality. You're the one who's expanding and allowing specific things to come into your experience in the time frame that it does. If you haven't read the Seth series by Jane Roberts, she channeled Seth in the 1960s. Seth said, you create your own reality. And he wrote tons of books that talk about how consciousness creates the experience of this time-space reality. There's nothing that's being inserted into your experience. Reality is a reflection. It's a mirror of everything that you are holding within your belief system and your flow. Everything you're flowing energy through. Nothing gets stuck in the body. Stuck is a, is a, is a term that denotes negativity. Nothing ever gets stuck. You are not stuck in your intuition. You are not blocked in your intuition. That is a belief that keeps the experience active. It's not an actuality. You are creating your own experience. You are so connected, you can experience disconnection. That's how loved and entrusted that you are. You know, you are an aspect of all that is. You are an extension of what some call God, source energy, universal intelligence. And because universal intelligence is so brilliant and so magnificent, it said, I would like a different reflection of myself. And in that, you hopped on board and you said, I am game. Let's go. You projected yourself into this time-space reality. And in that projection, you created the concept of separation. And that separation, that concept of separation, not the actual separation, can be experienced in a multitude of ways. And one of those can be, I am disconnected from my intuition. I am blocked from my intuition. I am not an intuitive. I am not good at intuition. Those are all experiences of what's called 
diminishing energy. The fact that we can even have a physical experience is evidence of the benefit of constricting energy, of a constricting belief. Your consciousness, what you actually are, is so connected and so expansive that unless you put blocks, what are what are called blocks, they're not actually blocks, but what are called blinders or constrictors or limiters on the expansiveness of your consciousness, you couldn't even actually have a human experience. You would remember who you actually were, the connectedness that you actually had to all that is, and you could not have an experience of diminishment. So you had to diminish all that you were in order to have an experience of diminishment. So we projected ourselves here and we knew when we did this, that it would be the most exciting way to create another perspective on who we really are. One of those perspectives is the concept of thinking you are not intuitive. Start to play with this new idea, and it may be new for you. That's what I mean by new idea, of my intuition is 100% functional 100% of the time. So how would I like to experience at least a portion of that 100%? Do I want it to come through in ideas? Do I want it to come through in experiences where I, I experience a heightening of sound or color or an intensification of flavor? Do I want to experience that through what I call deja vu? Do I want to experience that through connecting with a loved one or my soul teams? Do I want to experience that through knowing exactly how to start my business, when to do it, how to do it? Do I want to experience that through knowing the perfect partner and the per partner who isn't right for me when I start a new endeavor? Do I want to know when I go to the grocery store, what is the right food for me today? Do I want to see the fruit glow? Do I want to know that this meat is better than that meat? And some people, you know, you may transition out of eating meat, you know, who knows, or me into eating meat. I don't know. It depends on your intuitive connection. What is right for you? How do you want to experience this? Part of the challenge is that we have limitations on what we think is possible. So you got to begin to shake that loose a little bit. You got to begin to say, well, I actually don't know the infinite possibilities because I, at this point, am looking through a lens of limitation. So I'm open. I'm excited. What are the ways in which it will show up for me so that I can experience more of myself, so I can experience a greater aspect of myself through this lens of limitation before I transition back to 100% non-physical? Pull it back so that you're not creating more limitation on this sense of what you think is possible. I've listed, you know, tons of ways in which it's possible in the book, but they're not even nearly scratching the surface of the ways in which it could happen for you. I mean, the possibilities are literally infinite. And all you need to do is follow your excitement. A lot of people ask about how, you know, how do I remove this belief? How do I change that belief? How do I get rid of this? There's a lot of how. The actual inspired action that you will take to become more intuitive is based on following your bliss. 
The reason that works is because bliss or joy or excitement and curiosity are expansive energies. As you expand your energy, what you do is you increase your awareness. As you increase your awareness, you recognize more of the synchronicity that the universe is providing for you to become more intuitive. It is literally impossible for myself or anyone else to give you the how. They can try. People try all the time. In fact, I just heard somebody say on a call that I listened to the other day, this person is a life coach, and they were insistent that they knew exactly exactly what caused Will Smith to jump on stage and smack Chris Rock. They were certain, right? And and I'm thinking, you have no idea. You have no idea. You can't project what you think is true onto someone else. No one can project what they think is true about the ways to follow your intuition. This is the benefit of coming into conversations where you are given the freedom to know yourself for who you really are. You can just, you can lean into this in, innate ability that you have to know what is right for you. Follow your highest level of excitement. Take it as far as you can take it till you can't take it any farther from the choices you have before you. Don't, don't demand that that excitement has to become something specific. So if you're following your intuitive guidance and you're like, I'm gonna go sew a project today, you know, and you think, if I sew this project, I will become more intuitive. That's demanding that the excitement becomes something and then you actually put a limiter on it. Just follow the excitement, follow the breadcrumbs, follow the hunches, the inclinations that feel expansive, that feel good. Maybe you're supposed to have a reading with um, your local tarot card reader, right? And you're choosing between going to a business meeting or going to this tarot card reading. Which one feels more exciting? That's how you know what is the next best step for you to get the end result that you want. You got to follow those breadcrumbs of excitement because in that experience, there is more of which you are seeking. And you know that because of the way it feels. Expansive energy feels better. Negative energy feels more constrictive and worse. There is less included of that which you want in constricting energy. So follow your feeling of expansiveness. Follow your curiosity. Follow what feels good. Follow your path of least resistance. And when you do that, you will automatically include in your experience the ways to recognize the 100% of your intuition that's coming through. That's how unique it is. It's a moment by moment choice and decision. Everything from, am I going to put on these socks? To, am I going to go to the bathroom now? Am I gonna go to that store now? Am I gonna talk to that person now? Am I gonna wait? Every single moment contains either a sense of expansiveness, which is leading to, to you to more of what you want in terms of your intuitive connection, or a sense of contractedness. And that's keeping you away from, so to speak, right? Nothing can ultimately keep you away from it, but it's creating a more a greater sense of constriction around what you call 
fast or slow, right? Your sense of timing is all based on, am I investing in things that feel constrictive, which makes time feel more drawn out because it's harder, it's resistance-based, or am I investing in things that feel expansive, which gives you a sense of flow, which gives you a sense of timelessness. So you get to decide, but ultimately your beliefs about yourself. So get excited because this is a fantastic time on this planet to begin to examine what are my active beliefs. So I'm also going to throw something out there and you can play with it, but this is how I changed my mind about this term and how I related to this term. There's a term called subconscious. Now, if this term is being defined as a part of your mind that is unavailable to you, but is somehow influencing your reality in a negative context, then I want to invite you to redefine that. If that's your definition of subconscious, if your definition of subconscious is something that benefits you, keep it. But I was trained into the definition of subconscious as there's a part of my mind that is negatively impacting my experience and there's no way I can know about it because it's subconscious. I was being trained to believe that I had to bring it into consciousness in order to change it. So that felt constricting and negative. So the way I think about beliefs now are active and inactive. Active means you have a sensation about it, no matter how subtle that sensation is. And that sensation will tell you the kind of energy that you are flowing out through that belief system. And ultimately that will create some kind of manifestation in your environment. Inactive is there is no energy being flowed through that structure. You do not have to worry about it because you have zero feeling about it and you have no outcome in your reality in the negative context is what I'm talking about here. So if you have an active belief, you will feel it no matter how subtle or habitual. You got to get really, really in tune with, am I just habituated to this? Is it just a constant feeling or is there actually zero feeling? And what's happening in my reality? Are you continually having the experience of being blocked? Well, then you know you have some kind of constricting belief about that. Or are you shifting and changing that and flowing energy through a belief that I can do this? I can recognize science. I can develop my own intuitive dictionary. I can know what is right for me. That's a possibility for me, right? Which way are you flowing? So I've sort of eliminated this concept of subconscious beliefs because for me, it makes my creation of my reality feel easier based on the definition that I held active. Again, if if you have a different definition, feel free to keep it. What's more important is, are we flowing energy through something that feels constrictive or something that feels expansive? Constrictive might have a tightness in your chest might give you a headache, might give you stomach pains, might give you leg cramps. That's how you know. Pay attention. Be more acutely aware of what's happening as your body is a a reactor to the structure of energy you're flowing your consciousness through. This takes time. You just have to be 
aware that you're getting to know yourself on a new level. And the more you become aware of how you feel, what active belief structure do I, am I flowing my consciousness through? Where am I feeling it? Does it feel expansive and light? Does it feel constricting and dark and heavy? You just start there, right? And know that even if you go to bed with that feeling of constriction for a couple of days that eventually, because it's your intent to know yourself from a different level, that you will become aware of what that belief is. You will, you will connect the dots. So play with that idea and let me know how it works for you. This chapter is in the book and I'm working through it right now and I'm working through examples of what I think would be most effective to help with understanding the ideas of active and inactive, you know, how certain beliefs will seem logical or illogical and how that relates to your experience of strengthening your intuition.